Hello and welcome to the Dibbly Dobblers Cricket Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Callum, and as always, I'm joined by the lesser half, Andrew. How's it going? Lesser half? Yeah. You definitely, there's less of you than there is of me. <laughs> okay, right, I'll take that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's quite depressing, but that's now unfortunately the case. So, I mean, you are about six inches taller than me, so it's always been the case. In many ways. Dream on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got really big feet, Andrew. I don't know what you're talking about. A lot of toe space. <laughs> <laughs> I swag around like sideshow Bob. <laughs> Rakes and all. That's it. <laughs> if you have never watched The Simpsons, nay luck. <laughs> Quality scene. Uh, brilliant. So, how's it going this week, Andrew? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all this week. Um, good, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. I got my sofas. Obviously, you got sofas? I mentioned last week I was getting my sofas. Mate, these are absolutely deadly. I'm not going to lie. They're, you'll have to come around at some point. I will I will do so. They are, like, just amazing. And they should be for what they cost. But, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> it's quite it's usually the way with home furnishings. Quite funny. After... Um, after they got delivered, my wife had then secretly admitted that actually when she ordered them, they were like another sort of 30% on top per month than what I actually <laughs> knew about. I was like, what? I was like, oh, well, they're here now. Can't Household budgeting ripped up. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the kids will not be getting their tennis classes for the next few months. <laughs> part of it was um, was to add some fancy casters or something on the bottom. So I was like, all right. But um, why? Just so that if you need to hoover under them or that you can actually move them rather than... I think they were pretty much just the frame sat on the floor. So the kind of thing you'd have to like lift them and... Who hoovers under the sofa? I don't know. Well, we certainly normally don't, so... Well, so, so, so I ask again, why? <laughs> Look, Andrew, you've met my wife, so, you know, that's all we'll say. An opportunity to spend money will not pass her by. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm the one that works in Bayern. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we should swap. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. That's it. So, but no, they're absolutely immense. So you know, it's um, I was just in wonder. I was watching the test on last Thursday, and uh, which we'll get onto in a little well, bit. We will actually. get onto yeah. a little bit, but yeah, it was it was living the life. Drinks holder that actually keeps you. Yeah, it's got a cooling function, keeps the drink cold. It was just wonderful. I need honestly. a man cave with these sofas in them. I know. I, I was thinking that. I was like, it's one of these though where it's like two sm- fairly small children still. And it's like, oh my God, they're going to ruin these. So, <laughs> these are not the sofas to have with young kids. <laughs> I, it was like, there was like a 15 year guarantee. And I was like, we will be putting that to the test. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> anyway, um, so I suppose... La- going to start with something we touched on last week um we spoke about the ticket prices for the scotland against zimbabwe 2020 series yep next week yes next week actually um a week today as we're recording is the first fixture yes in fact we'll probably know the we will know the winner yeah we'll know the result the first game by the time that we record um next week's episode um but one thing we did speak about last week was the ticket pricing and how we felt it was too high. Um, I think that we're probably having to eat a little bit of humble pie in this regard. Yeah, a bit. In that 
two of the days are sold out. Yeah, so the Friday and Sunday games have both sold out. I think you and I agreed that the Sunday game was always going to sell out. Yeah, I think so, undoubtedly. The uh, Friday game probably had a decent chance because it is still close to the weekend. Um, but the Wednesday game is very close to selling out as well. Well, they, they've put on it, there's limited availability, but they've not changed their graphic to limited availability, whereas they did that with the Friday when they announced the Sunday was sold out. So, so it does it's just slightly a sales make tactic. whether it's a sales tactic or not. But, I mean, I suppose it's the beauty of, like, a T20 fixture. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so especially on the Friday or the Wednesday, you know... It, it, we half day. A week, yeah, half day, finish up at lunchtime, down at the cricket... Um, it's priced for people who live in Edinburgh anyway, so you know that is what it is, you know. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's a difficult one. I, I, I am eating a bit of humble pie because there's two days sold out, but I still am not sure I agree with it. Um, and yeah, it's it's the old just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, and they've clearly demonstrated that they can charge these prices, but should they? Yeah, I think where we'd also be in a different situation is, was it last year we were meant to have New Zealand over? It wasn't this year, was it? it was a, I think it was last year we were meant to have New Zealand. Was Australia meant to be up as well? I think, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, because did Australia play the one-day series in England last year? Yes, they did. Yeah, so I'm sure they were meant to come up for a game and New Zealand were meant to be playing a game. Um, it's like just total pandemic brain. Can't actually remember when things were meant the to happen. The last couple of years have just uh, blur. <laughs> I don't think if we in Scotland had had another series or set or few games that there is any chance that the Zimbabwe tickets would have sold as well as this. I think it's just that. We've had no cricket. Yeah, I think even if we'd have had... Because we were meant to host some of the um, Cricket World Cup League 2 qualifying stuff yeah. uh, at some point this year as well, which never happened. Yeah. I think even if we'd have had that, there would have been less of a demand. Um, it is just that we haven't played a home game for two years, uh, and therefore the, the demand is sky high. Yeah, I mean, I, look, my biggest bugbear is over the kids is still under the under 16s price. I just think £22... For a 2020 game, you look. I mean, let's be honest. Scotland, Zimbabwe. It's not really any better than the Vitality Blast sort of standard, and you know, as much yeah. as I'd like to think it is, it probably isn't. You wouldn't pay that as a junior to go to those games. I took my son down to Yorkshire versus Durham earlier in the year, and he was a fiver. For yeah, I I tend to compare to football as well. Um, 2020 yeah. is sort of competing in that football sort of yep. price range. I mean, for me, 22 quid for an adult for football is a bit sickening. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, But for a kid, absolutely no chance would I be paying that um, to take my kids to the football. Yeah, and it would probably be interesting. I, I doubt the stats necessarily be published, but it would be interesting to see what the breakdown of those ticket sales prices are because I would imagine it's quite adult heavy. Yeah, you would think so. And I'm not... I, I, I just don't believe that's what... The aim should be, um, and I certainly think that they can't look to bump up those prices in years to come, especially on the junior rate. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've gone silent because Andrew's wife was just 
peeking in the garage window there, putting us <laughs> off. Just telling us to be quiet, which is not great. <laughs> we have to be quiet. Shall, uh, I, shall I shut this door? Yeah, Calm. I think you should shut the right, door. I okay. think that the cable will actually stretch all will. the way over I to the door. We could actually just start like walking around, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> right, garage door closed. We're not in trouble anymore, hopefully. Yeah, that'll be my son complaining because his window is open at the back of the house. Oh, it's absolutely sweltering today. So it is. Hottest day in September for 115 years, apparently. Yeah, that's um, climate change. <laughs> well, yeah, although 115 years ago, it was registered in September at Castle Menzi or something like that, as being 32.2 degrees. It was only 28 today. So, I mean... I, I think that's a dodgy reading on I, the 32.2. I'm I not going to so. lie. I, I'd, like to, <laughs> I'd like to know what measures were in place to check that. Yeah. I, I reckon in September in Scotland back then, that was maybe they'd accidentally put a Fahrenheit thermometer there. <laughs> that's more likely <laughs> the case. What's that? That's just above freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I stand by my point. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we digress. We so yeah, do. I'm not sure the ticket pricing is... Uh, I, I'm still not sure I agree with it, even if it ends up being a success and they sell out, because I think that it's not... Because of the lack of men's... Or well, just international cricket for Scotland spectators, Yeah, it's so difficult to say whether this was a reasonable or not. Yeah, definitely, and it's... Whether these prices are retained going forward um, and how sort of palatable that is to the paying public at that point, that's the real test of whether they've got their pricing right. Um, but yeah, I suppose we'll wait and see. But positives are that Scotland are playing at home again and they're playing in front of big crowds. Uh, yeah, although to be fair, I also here. don't know what the... I don't know... Obviously, when we went to our Scotland, England at Grange, there was stand, various stands. I don't know what level of yeah. crowd's actually going to be in. I don't know if it's... Because I've watched a game at Grange. I watched Scotland-Namibia a few years ago and it was basically it's a plastic patio furniture all the way around. Which is what how I watched. I'd watched Australia A a number of years ago when Steve Smith and Brad Haddon and stuff came up and played in the team. And, right. Um, yeah. Before Steve Smith was the absolute freak that he is today. Um, that was when it was leg spinner Steve Smith. Yeah, it was sort <laughs> of batted a bit, bowled a bit Steve <laughs> Smith. So, um, yeah, and it was just the same for that. So that's the thing. I don't know if that's what it is. Because with the stands, it's about 3,000 odd, isn't it? I think it, so. It's it something holds. at that sort of level. So, And it's difficult because if they've had to reduce the capacity, you can maybe see why they're saying, well, we need more money per person. Yeah. But you're providing worse facilities that you're actually paying for. So, uh, Yeah. And that's you get an individual seat with armrests, though, so you kind of grumble at that. Look, see when you're my <laughs> weight, you start to wonder about plastic <laughs> patio furniture. Trust me. I've and, seen people... <laughs> and I am not as big as people I've seen in the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I have snapped... A plastic patio seat in the front in the past, and yeah, as we said, you've got more than me. <laughs> this could be fun to watch. I'm going to go along and watch. Just be on <laughs> chubby patrol. <laughs> just go around kicking legs. <laughs> Seats. That's another thing. <laughs> I mean, on the prices, it's maybe an extra fiver for an extra support leg on your plastic chair. <laughs> 
Oh dear. Well, nonetheless, though, yeah, as you say, it's good. It's good. Cricket's back, and hopefully, Scotland can have some success. Um, Ireland beat them two one, I think, in their T Twenty series. I think. In fact, the yep. ODI was today. I've not actually seen the scores. Not had the chance to to check them. Um, but yeah, it's good. I, I, I'm assuming that the World Cup qualifier squad will be now. It was originally meant to be announced at the end of August, and I'm assuming even though there's not been any communication to confirm that, that the squad will be announced following this series. You would um, expect so. I mean, the big nations are starting to announce them. India announced their squad today. Um, yeah. Interestingly, it's probably a discussion for another time. We will obviously preview the World Cup when it's coming up. Yeah. Um, but India have only gone with three outright pace bowling options in their squad of 15. Oh. Zimbabwe won the first one-day international. Oh. 266 for 7, played 228 all out. Oh, wow. Um, so that's... I suppose you'd expect that, though. They should, in theory, be able to... longer the format, the more the better teams should, in theory. Yes. But I yeah. would imagine Ireland would be looking to knock I mean, over... Yeah, these are important games. They're obviously World Cup qualifying games, so... Yep. And, um, important stuff. Obviously, it was Zimbabwe we had that Awful Richie Barrington LBW against was it not in the no that was the West Indies oh that was the West Indies so it, was it was in the final yeah, for yeah. the for the qualification awful and obviously the West Indies got there and we didn't dodgy umpires see see people at umpire aren't they Andrew? it's terrible I know I know um, right used to be an umpire for a listener's reference <laughs> he says a good one but he's not doing it anymore so well uh, you know I've had players tell me it was a good one as well so you know. <laughs> I mean, it has cost me a lot of money getting them to say that. But um, <laughs> anyway, I think our main topic of conversation tonight is going to be the India. You mentioned India there, the India England Test series, of which yep. we've had three tests, four tests, four tests so far. Sorry, yep. yeah. Um, and uh, that was good. That I got it yeah. wrong already. Um, and yeah, so it's two one to India. Have I got that right? That, yes, yeah. yeah. I'm now doubting everything. Um, so we'll go for a, a run-through of what's happened so far, I well, guess. I mean, I've clearly forgotten that a test existed. So, so. the first <laughs> test, <laughs> which was at Trent Bridge. Yeah, I think I was thinking it was 2-1 and that was where my... Yeah, uh, it was Trent Bridge was the first test, wasn't it? That was the drawn game, yeah. uh, which India dominated and India uh, England got lucky with the weather, really. Uh, second test was then at Lords, which England should have won, but um, conspired to absolutely hibs it on. Uh, what hibs it on the fifth day? Um, good reference there. People are gonna think we're a bit anti Edinburgh on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just uh, hibsing it for those who are unaware is when you snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, hibs have been quite prolific at that over the last decade or so. So. Um, I'm sticking with the Hibsit I'm okay phrase. with that. Um, so yes, on that one, England were in a great position, looked like they were going to have a fairly small chase until the fifth morning when they decided that rather than try and bowl the Indian tail out, they would just try and injure Boomerah, um, bowled him a load of nasty short stuff, and uh, Suffered a nice hundred odd partnership. It wasn't quite a hundred, but it wasn't far off a hundred partnership. Um, for the ni- eighth or ninth wicket, I can't remember which. Um, it was Shami. It was him and Shami, wasn't it? Yes. So 
who else yeah. do they have playing in that game? They had Siraj. Siraj it must have been the, the eighth, ninth, ninth. Yeah, I think it would have been the ninth wicket. Um, yeah. yeah um, and yeah, that basically took the game away from England in terms of victory. And then England did what England tend to do when asked to bat out more than 45 minutes. <laughs> and uh, absolutely fell apart and got bowled out and lost the game. Um, so from... Lords, we went on to the third game, which was at Headingley. Yep. And England did completely dominate this one. Yep. Uh, India won the toss and asked England to bowl, uh, which they did very well and bowled India out for not very much. Then batted absolutely huge uh, before bowling England out again and uh, winning by an innings. England batting huge, not something that's been said very often in recent years. Indeed. Uh, which I suppose brings us on to the oval test. Yeah. <laughs> Where England won the toss, uh, decided to have a bowl, which made sense because overhead conditions were were bowling yeah. friendly. The oval's generally probably a bat-first track, but the conditions were such that I think bowling was justified on that day. And I would say the score, you know, they bowled them out for 191. They did bowl them out just, for 191. Even 191 was higher than it should have been. Yeah, Takur blitzing innings at the end of the Yeah, uh, for me as we'll, we'll talk about Takur a bit more as we go um, so yeah, one nine one, and then England made in response they had a lead in 99, so that means they made 290 yep. uh, Ollie Pope with 81 and it was that man Takur that got rid of him wasn't it? It I was yes. I think, yeah, uh, and he was looking like really stretching that lead way beyond that um, I thought Pope was on for a ton um, to be honest, his batting average, I think, in first-class cricket at the Oval, I think he averages over 100 at the Oval. That's something crazy. It's some, it's, I don't know the exact number, but yeah, it's mental. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, it is the best place to bat in England. Yeah, but... Or, or test ground. Yeah. Probably some of the other... But even so, today. he tends to oh, capitalise yeah, yeah, yeah. on that. Um. Yeah, uh, so he got 81 and Tacker got him out, which really stopped England taking the lead well into three figures. Um, The pitch was a road. England probably should have had a lead of 200, 250, even more, if we're being honest. Yeah. There was a a 450-plus score was there to be made. As India showed. Yes, as then India showed in their second second go at it. Um, Again... Tucker with another 50 down the back end, which probably batted England almost out of the game, but not quite. Um, Rohit Sharma made a good ton. He got man of the match for that ton. I'm not sure I agree with that because Tucker made two 50s and got key wickets. He also got key wickets in the second innings as well. Um, So, yeah. And then... England once again did as they did um, in the previous loss and just didn't bat. The pitch was still playing very well. On day five, it was still a flat track. There was spin out of the footholds. There wasn't a huge amount of spin off a length, really. No. Um, They should have been able to bat out the time that was left in the game. Oh, absolutely. But that's the frailty of... Um, 
of England, and and it's been for a long time now. Yeah, uh, this summer in particular, it's been if if Joe Root doesn't get the runs, then you've no chance. Um, Even if Joe Root does get the runs, you've still got no chance a lot of the time because no one else gets anything. Yeah, so obviously we're in a situation where England now can't win the series. Yeah. Um, They'll be hoping in the next test to be able to get a victory and draw it at least to save some blushes. Um, I mean, India are up, but we've seen similar frailties at the Indian lineup as we've seen in the England lineup. The difference, I think the key difference between the two sides, to be honest, is the opening partnership. Yeah, because Kale Rahul and Rohit Sharma have been the best two batsmen for India. Um, if you you know if you take the series into account, because um, I mean Taco's played one game. Yeah, Pajara's done all right. Well, okay, but he's at three. So yeah. I mean, there. So I, it's I the top is, three. Yeah, I mean, right. it's the top yeah. order. Yeah. Um, and. They still look frail in the middle order. You and I were watching uh, or following the the test, um, the last test, and I was sort of like, look, we have to try and be optimistic because really the middle order can still just collapse. And at one point, it looked like they might have been able to do that. Yeah. Um, And then Pant and Takur came together. And actually, Pant's innings was something that... It's notable because it's something that... We discussed this, yeah. that can he actually bat that? Now, there are two sides to me. Yes, he batted less aggressively. I actually think he was horribly out of nick. Like, he just, even when he tried to attack, he just didn't really look like he was hitting the ball very well. Yeah. So there's a slight bit of, you know, it was it as low a strike rate because he actually was out of nick. But he still survived. He dug in. Yeah. And he did something that, to be honest, I think a criticism of a lot of England players would be he didn't dig in. Well, you look at Pan in in the in the previous test, um, when England were when England had India sort of really under the cosh and they needed to bat to survive and what was it, the third or fourth ball he came down the track to? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's he doing? Um, and, and yeah, that's that's the criticism of Pan is that he doesn't adjust to the situation generally, but this was an innings where he seemed to be able to adjust to the situation, as you say, whether that was just him being out of neck, but there didn't seem to be the same recklessness to the innings as there normally is with Arisha Pan innings. Yeah, no, and recklessness, creativity, different people might view it differently. Uh, it depends on the game situation, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's something that time will tell on him as to whether, because I think a lot of people see, wiki, especially wicketkeeper batsmen, who are aggressive and go, Adam Gilchrist, woohoo, he was yeah. amazing. But Gilchrist still at times could play you know, playing the correct way for the situation. Yeah, Adam Gilchrist was a freak. Yeah, I mean, he was also... <laughs> a, I mean, I think Adam Gilchrist was also a genuinely quality batsman yeah. as well. So, um, and I think sometimes people get a bit carried away, um, which is something we might get onto on the England side of things um, as the discussion carries on. Um, yeah. But, so obviously we're on to... the Moving on to the fifth test, um, we've had it announced that... Joss Butler will be returning to keep wicket as well. Yep. Um, 
and Moin Ali has been declared as England's number one spinner. Yeah. Um. So we pretty much seem to be Pope or Bairstow. Yeah. Joe made a bit of an interesting comment about Pope in that almost sort of was like, we need him to kick on. Now, I've read this in print, so whether it's been taken slightly out of context, and it applied to Pope and Bairstow, but it, the way I read it, it was more like it was aimed at Pope. And it was sort of like, we need him to kick on, that's not what we've been seeing. Um, but he also said that Pope made a score in the first innings and we need other people to do that. Yeah. And yeah, and I think that's I think Pope's eighty one will be what gets him over the line ahead of Bearstow because yeah. that's the problem with Bearstow. He keeps falling between thirty and forty. Yeah. I mean he got an absolute beaut of a delivery from Boomer, like in the second innings. He did. Which I mean that doesn't help because I have to be honest, even if you've got Joe Root or Steve Smith batting there. I'm not sure there's many batsmen that are not being out, especially that early in the innings to that ball. I think Pope got a beat as well. You don't agree with I me? I don't agree. I, I certainly don't. I could have maybe stretched to a decent ball. I, I just don't see that it was. Now, I was listening on TMS and w- sort of seeing highlights. So, And I know you've maybe had Sky footage to see. Now, they've maybe done a bit to show it deviated way more than it looked like on the the replay that I saw. But it just kind of looked like a, a a ball that I feel like a test match standard batsman should be keeping out. Like I just, as I said to you before, I think if Bearstow got out to that, he'd be getting absolute pelters for getting out to that. I mean, okay, decent is maybe where it lies. It, it, it wasn't as good as the ball that Bearstow got. The ball that Bearstow got was unplayable. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I'm but, not saying it was how Moyen Ali got out because to me that was like that looked yeah. like a Sunday cricketer almost the way he played that. I just yeah, I mean, I think the way that Moyen Ali guys he got out to Jadeja, um, just kind of prodding at prodding it, at yeah, it. The and it bat just... in front of the pads. And I mean, the bat playing spin with the bat in front of the pad is how they play with DRS these days um, because it's a takes out LBW a little bit but it was just crap it it was just bogging like I I saw the replay and I was just like what is that like I would be as a very average you know uh, recreational cricketer be pretty disappointed with that shot to that ball and I just think Moen Ali has been around the block like he's played Okay, the higher standard has more been in white ball, you know, in the IPL and stuff, but he's played enough red test cricket. Like, I just don't think a guy like that should be getting out like and that. And he is a very good player of spin. Yeah. As well. I, so, I think he's a very good player. He's got, he's obviously but I would say, I think his strength is against spin. Oh, yeah. And it, you did not see that there. Okay, granted, early on in the innings, getting started is always tough. But, yeah. I just, it possibly, the way, what we've seen with the bat from Moyne Alley, it then calls into question batting at seven when you've got the rest of the lineup as frail as they are. Yeah. Um, so it seems to be Pope v. Bearstow. It looks like the top four will stay, as is. Hamid will return to ghosts of the past when he comes to Old Trafford. Yeah. Um. 
which could be an interesting one. He's early in his career. He's obviously on the comeback, effectively. And Old Trafford is a place he has had a bad history. You know, what he averaged eight or whatever it was in one of his the last county seasons. Yeah, I mean, it's... But at the same time, it's where he came through. So whether he can associate it with that rather than the negatives of the last few years. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But I'm just thinking, if you looked at Pope, Pope just... I felt like Pope believed he was playing at home. He played ways of success. Yeah. He's trying on a spot. He was where he probably wanted to. That's if he if he could have picked any ground in the world to play at, it would have been the oval. Yeah. Is this the ground for Hamid? You know, or is it actually where he's like, mm, right, is there going to be playing mind games with him? But he's gonna he's gonna get a shot. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Milan. Um, I like the Milan pick at three. Don't know what your thoughts. No, I like it as well. Um. um it's I can't remember how he got out in the <sighs> second innings. Uh, Milan got what out. What happened to him because... Oh, run, out. run out. Oh. I still think that was Hamid's fault. Yeah, the more I watch it, the more I agree. It's just, um, in that yeah. situation, it's like I, 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 I've found that this season playing cricket. There are times where you're like, no, that run isn't on. You're like, yeah, if we've got like f- t- five, ten overs left to go in... And we're playing limited overs cricket, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah, in limited overs cricket that runs there. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the way Milan is approaching backing up is completely different to that in white yeah. ball cricket. There is no reason to make that run. I know there was scoreboard pressure. I know that Hamid is young and still new and fresh to the test scene, and I think that really showed. And it, and I know you can say no because I'm a fan of saying no to runs at times. But I, it was almost like Hamid went, and it was Milan probably had to roll the dice on. He yeah. probably stood a it's better. Like one chance. of us is getting run out here. He probably <laughs> stood the better chance to try and make the run than Hamid probably turned on round. I think yeah. so. But the, yeah, that was unlucky. I think for Milan. Um, yeah, I think he's he's come back in. He's looked all right. Yeah. Um, he's one of those that you would like to see him having made an all right start to cement it with a score. Um, which I think was kind of his problem before, from memory, um, when he was in the team yeah, in I think the so. past. Yeah. Um, got Joe Root. I mean, geez, that boy's in good form. 500 runs already in the series. Two, only 30-odds this time around. That, that, that's, but that, I, I think it emphasises the point that when Joe Root doesn't score runs, England are in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Pope and Bairstow, yes. Yeah, Whoever gets picked, it's time to stand up. It is. For me, it's Pope that gets picked. Yeah, I would um, Bearstow, while he has had quite a few knocks where he's looked like he's in good nick, as we say, he tends to get to that 30-40-odd um, and then gets out. I think he's averaged 25 in the series with a high score of 56 or 57, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I... I 50s anyway. I think there's a mental block there with Bearstow. Yeah. Honestly, I just think... I, I I still look at that lineup and I say Johnny Bearstow is your second most talented... Uh, Pope sitting close contention, but... I, it's early days for Pope. Pope's still so early. Yeah. I, I look in that lineup and I go, Bearstow, to me, is the guy that's capable of being that other big player. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, there's something that's just not clicked for him in Test cricket, and it's, it's coincided obviously with his white ball success, which is it's yeah. He's I mean, bold and things. But. Well, he seems to have got over the like he was getting bold on his off stump all the time, 
Um, he seems to have got over that ish. I know he got bold in the second innings there, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, everyone gets bold. That, that wasn't a technical flaw. <laughs> no, that was the best pace bowler in the world, just bowling one of his best balls. Oh, well, that could be a chat for it. Uh, could be, but yeah, I, not for just now. No, but, uh, that could be a wee but chat. But it's probably one I need more thinking on. But I think I stand by it. <laughs> Pat Cummins might have something to say about that, but yeah, yeah well, he is obviously the big. Yeah, yeah, he's the other big name, but. Boomer for me at the moment. All right, okay, okay. Well, we'll not get sidetracked too badly. So, Moen Ali then um, sounds like he'll be back. Well, I would assume back in seven because I don't really see how they change. They suggest that it's Pope or Bairstow. Yeah. Suggest that Moen Ali's staying at seven. Yep. Um, Chris Wokes k- keeping his place at eight? Nah, get him open then. <laughs> oh, mate. Get, get. All aboard the Chris Wokes opening everything. Chris bandwagon. Wokes. Just what? <laughs> uh, just what a guy. Absolutely. Just. I mean, Pope's pretty classical. He's pretty Ian Bell. But I, just, I don't know why. I just absolutely but love Pope, Chris Wokes. Pope isn't Ian Bell. Oh yes. No. Pope's cover drive is Ian Bell. Well, okay. The rest true. of his game isn't. Not the wee flicks and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. It's difficult to say because Ian Bell could like paddle soup and stuff and play different era. Yeah, it was know, a decade so, on yeah, and yeah, things. So but games moved on. Yeah, for me, yeah, yeah cover yeah. drive. Yes, yeah. he's he's the best but cover driver of the ball that we've seen since Ian Bell. Wokes, he just, he's just a sexy man. Is what maybe he is. just because I'm. Like, <laughs> I, I got told that I'm a cricket purist. I think I mentioned this on our first podcast, and maybe that's why I like Chris Wokes so much. But I'm just like I watch him bat and bowl, and I'm just like, yes. Well, yeah, he, he just... I just he's, I th- he's such a nice guy as well, like, and I just think he's chronically underrated. Like... He's not underrated by those that pay attention. He, I think he's underrated by the ECB. Well, possibly, like, but do they pay attention? Well, <laughs> that's and that's another... That could be leading on. Um, yeah. Right, um, so are we sticking with Wokes? We yes, any, absolutely yeah. we're sticking with Wokes. Um Right, so Craig Overton. Wait a second. Controversial opinion. Oh, Chris Wokes is England's best all-rounder. Oh, absolutely. I I would agree with that. Everyone says Stokes, and obviously Ben Stokes no. is a better batsman no. than Chris Wokes. Nah. But I think Ben Stokes, to me, is a batting all-rounder. Yeah. Like, I think Chris Wokes, as a genuine all-rounder... Yeah. I mean, I have to be honest. In this lineup, I, as much as we have sort of semi tongue in cheek, semi serious, suggested that Chris Wokes actually looks like he could bat in the top order, I would be batting Wokes ahead of Moen Ali. With the way in recent years Moen Ali's batted in Test cricket, I'd be putting Wokes above him. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you. And so, but yeah, I think as a pure all rounder, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can get on board with that statement. Because I think that Wokes' bowling is so far ahead of Stokes' bowling. Oh, yeah. And, yes, yeah, Stokes is a better bat, but it, Wokes is bloody good. He is. And I think the thing you've to bear in mind with Wokes is when you look at his stats and stuff, he has tended to bat in the like lower order. Like yeah. He's tended to bat eight and things. Like It's very different batting eight to even six. Because yeah. it just who you're batting with and everything. You're generally totally batting changes. with 
the last recognised batsman and then the tail. Yeah, so it's a completely different kettle of fish. At times you'll just be looking to push on and score runs. At times you'll be ultra defeat. You're not just getting to play your natural game yeah. as much as a, a proper batsman. Right, Craig Overton. For me, at Old Trafford, he is replaced by Jack Leach. Oh, Obviously right. not in the batting order, but right. as a bowler, he's replaced by Leach. Right, okay. Right, Ollie Robinson and Anderson, one of one of Mark Wood replaces one of them. I'm undecided who. I I think it should be Robinson that retains his place, but I think it'll be Anderson. Yeah, it's how knackered is he? Like that. Well, that's the thing. But I think the ECB will try and push him through because it's his home test match and all that sort of stuff as well. I don't think they should, but I think they will. There's also the what? emotional point of there's no test at Old Trafford next year. And it could be his last test. It could be his last Old Trafford yeah. test. I, I don't... I see... I think Jimmy Anderson's going to be like Darren Stevens of test cricket, to be honest. But um, I mean, he is only, what, three years younger than him? Is Darren Stevens only 42? I oh, know. Is he like 45? I thought he was like 44 or something. Like, I thought he was mental. Maybe... Oh, well, maybe it is like six but years. I, I, but yeah, no, I, I get, I get I mean, your point. Yeah, I could... I just think the way he looks, he actually... I'm like, I, you, I don't look at him and go, you're a retiring cricketer because I don't think he's getting worse. Yeah, Darren Stevens is 45. So yeah, he's got uh, another six years. Aye, so <laughs> quality. Six more years of Jimmy Anderson. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Um, but I do think they think that they do take that emotional decision and go, but it's another two years uh, until Old Trafford was the test. But if they rock up, Old Trafford doesn't look like it's going to turn a lot. Are you playing both and would? Um, Bear in mind they've come out and said that Moen Ali is the number one spinner. I think it's a tougher decision. Overton comes back into play. I think. Right. Um, I'm, I personally, I'm not playing Craig Overton at all. Irrelevant. I, somebody... I probably haven't either, but I'm trying to think how the ECB think. Yeah, no, I get that. But I'm like asking you for your opinion. No, what? I get, I get it's okay, hard to for say. For my opinion, it's Ollie Robinson plays with Mark Wood, Chris Wokes, uh, Leach and Moeen. Yeah, I think what we saw in that ripping up of the middle order of England in the second innings was the value of having a pace bowler. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter at times when someone bowls 90 miles an hour what the pitch is doing because they're bowling 90 miles an yeah. hour. What I do think is that Saqib Mahmood has been horrifically unlucky with his time to get injured. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because I was actually going to say, if he was around... I had gone my mood and would. If it isn't, if it doesn't look, it's going to spin. I think it would at least be worth a conversation of having yeah. them both. I just think Overton for me, on a if a, if a pitch isn't doing a lot, I haven't seen much from him that makes me think he's the kind of guy that's going to get you a wicket. Yeah, he might hold on to one in the slips though. He might. <laughs> He might. Which I no mean, one else does. Rory Burns should definitely disappear from the slip cordon because he has been part of one of the worst slip cordons I have ever seen throughout its entirety. I know we've binned off Don Sibley, hopefully just from the entirety of international cricket ever, but time will tell on that one. Crawley didn't look a lot more confident. Yeah. 
and Burns hasn't looked great. I know there was a couple of them weren't dollies. That one on the th- day three, evening of day three? Yeah, I can't quite remember. I think it must have been, because it was towards the end, because I think he was trying to say the sun or whatever got in his eyes. So the sun must have been low. Um, but it was awful. Yeah. It was just straight up awful. Um, so, yeah, I could see that, but I, I, I'm not does sure. The, does the slip catching play into the Pope Bearstow decision at all? Because Bearstow's a quality slipper. Well, I think it should. I think it, I think you have to look at cricket as a how are you going to take wickets? And if you're like over to... You, if you spoke to Australians about the importance of a good slip cordon, they would like be like, it's right up there in, important, you know, in yeah. importance. And in England, it has to be. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's England has to be the the sort of mecca of the edges, surely. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, because you probably, if you have no Overton or Bearstow, you probably have Rory Barnes at two. And Pope's a good bat pad, but have we Hamid's seen him much in the slaps? Hamid is your bat pad, but Pope's been good in there in the past too. Um, I don't know. He strikes me more as a sort of cover fielder. Mm. Um, David Milan. I don't know. Uh, he'd probably be my. Did Jimmy not used to field in the slips? I think he possibly. I'm did, sure he used to be a pretty decent slipper, but at the same Jimmy's, time, he is touching forty. Aye, some of his catching in recent times as well. He has dropped a few dollies. Yeah, him and Brody both. You'd be screaming at other people. But, right, so we're going with Burns, Hamid, Milan, Root, Pope, Butler, Moeen, Wokes. You're thinking Robinson. Well, Robinson is, yeah. So if we go Robinson and Wood, Wood, and and then then I think Anderson Leach is a question on pitch. Because we don't know what the pitch is right now. So I think that's reasonable. Um... What I think they will do, though, is that Robinson drops out, Anderson bats, well, still bats 11. Yeah. Leach bats 10. <laughs> I think the decision from England's point of view will be Robinson-Leach. Right. India, let's look at their selection. So, the big thing, and Coley will be sticking yeah. a big on my middle finger up at them about this. Where is the world's number two ranked bowler? I presume Ashwin is ranked number no. two. Or yeah. he was before. I hope he's still ranked number two. I'll look like <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> Who's ranked number one out of interest? Is it not Boomerang? Or is it Cummings? I will <laughs> look this up. <laughs> um, Old Trafford. I think regardless of what the pitch looks like, um, because it's Old Trafford, you've, he's got to play Ashwin. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's Pat, by a country mile, it's Pat Cummings at number one. To be fair to Jasper Boomerang, and I know this is another conversation, he's hardly played anything at home. I know, but he's actually better away. Yeah, but he hasn't had the chance to prove yeah. that at home. Nah, that's probably fair. But yeah, yeah, you've got Pat Cummins, Ashwin, Southie Hazelwood, Wagner, Rabada, Anderson, Afridi, Boomerang at nine, and Jason Holder completes the top ten. Interesting. So where is Ashwin? Well, the answer at the moment is sat on his arse doing nothing. <laughs> yep. Right. So shouldn't ba- be. 
But should he not be? Like India are two one up in England. Like it's yeah. Takur scored two fifties, took some key wickets. Was that the wrong call? In the last game, Takur was definitely justified this selection. However, I don't know. You've got this fragile batting order. You've got a guy who is one of the best bowlers in the world and has five test match centuries to his name as well. Why is he not playing? Yep. I just realised my mic wasn't up to my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't... I don't I don't understand it, but last time they came to England, did they not do this? I that, couldn't tell you, if I'm honest. That, I could be wrong on that, but I'm sure there was. that <sighs> Because I think there's a feeling that Judasia, because of what he... Because he's mo- seen as more of a genuine batsman, and is still a good spinner. I mean, let's be honest, he would be England... He would be the number one spinner for most other countries in the world. Yeah. Um and I think the feeling is that I I actually I'm going to say that for Old Trafford due to what's happened in the last game we will see Ashwin playing. But I don't think it's at the expense of who people think it. I think Ashwin will play instead of Ajiki Rahani. The fact that Rahani was binned to 6 and Judasia was promoted ahead of him. Yeah, I don't. Pant was batting it at well. He's kind of he looks capable of being able to bat six. So I think what you end up with is you have Sharma, Kale Rowell, Pajara, who was under pressure at the start of the series, but kind of seems to turn it around. Coley, um, unfortunately, Jadeja staying at five. <laughs> Richard Pant, who especially given the nature of how he played in the second innings. Definitely, you kind of go okay. You actually batting six seems reasonable enough. Yeah, you have Ashwin at seven, Takur at eight, um, Yadav probably retain. Does Yadav do enough to retain his place? Probably. Does it? I think Siraj. I thought looked off the boil in that last that last test. Whether he's just knackered, I don't know. Um, you got, yeah. I think I you probably are staying with. Yadav, Bumra. And then Ishant coming back in. Was it a niggle he had? That's why he missed it, wasn't it? Yeah, why is Shami not? Why was... Well, try, try to remember. You now come to the point, though, where you have just, like... You have six genuine bowlers. And you bat to eight. That's why India are viewed as the best team in the world at the moment. Yeah, I mean... It's, but that uh, I, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, can't think to Shami and um, Sharma as to who exactly I would be playing off the top of my head. One of them. Aye, one of them. Um, Siraj misses out. We probably agreed Siraj, on that. Yeah, I think he just did not look right. Probably needs a rest. Yeah. Um. So he. Yeah, I mean, he was quite expensive as well, like, relatively. He seemed he's one of those bowlers that when he's not on it, he's going to be, because he's quite, yeah. he's, he's still quite aggressive, and because if, if you don't get aggressive bowling right, it costs a lot of runs. Yeah, and 
you're going to have a bizarre situation probably where your seamers, especially if the pitch turns, the bowling, you know, your bowling figures and overs and stuff from the first ends and second ends with a lineup lag could be completely different. Yeah. Like you could have a conceivable situation for that where Tacker doesn't bowl in the second innings. Like unless there's a big partnership and you just try to try something different. Yeah. Um, Tacker's India's Sam Curran. Yeah. Like yeah. in all manners. He, he just makes things happen. I know Sam Curran's not had a good series when he's played. But Sam Curran generally, generally over the last few years has been England's guy that's made things happen at different times. Yeah, I think one um, of my criticisms of the last test is that they had four bowlers that did the same thing. Yeah. And you kind of look at Overton and you go, could you have just had Curran's? You know, just to offer you something different. Yeah, just that uh, different angle. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's... It just changes it up. It's like same for a bowl. You know, it's if a bowler has to bowl a left and right hander, it's the same for a batsman getting used to different angles and things. And yeah, I, I think the bowling attack in the last game was, and that's part of the reason for me why I'm just like, no, Craig Overton is out of the conversation because I just don't, I just don't see that Overton plays ahead of Robinson or Anderson, and you can't go in with the same bowling attack because it just didn't look like it was going to take yeah twenty wickets yeah. Um, right. So I think that's what we're. What are the thoughts for Old Trafford then? What are you predicting t- will happen? Um, England haven't lost a four or five match test series at home since I think two thousand and eight against South Africa. I believe sounds about right. Anyway. Um, I'm trying to, th- I'm sure trying to replay it in my head. Um, trying to think I think what I've just said is correct well yeah because they don't play a massive amount of them they have played at least one in all but one yeah but all I'm meaning is it's not like every test series they play is that no but other than one year there's been at least one every year yeah yeah but they've not been bad at home to be fair yeah I think they'll keep that run alive just and I will go with an England win at Old Trafford this England team over the last few years have been very good at bouncing back. They tend to be absolutely horrific for a spell in one game. See Lords. And then absolutely sublime immediately after it. See Headingley. Um, we've had another abysmal spell at the Oval. I think we'll get another sublime performance at some point in this Old Trafford test. Yeah, and to be fair, India have been like that a little bit at times they've bounced back quite well yeah and i think the problem any team has is when they've got a frailty and especially in the batting lineup that's going to happen because you don't have the consistency the reality of it is is all of these guys are good enough i don't look sibley i genuinely just didn't think was a test match player I'm not convinced to look at any of these other guys and go, you are completely out of your depth here. So therefore, it kind of makes sense to have that inconsistency because on their day, you would expect any of them to be able to make a score. Yeah. yeah. They're not all Joe Roots, but no, they're, they're not, not all Dom Sibley's. No. <laughs> a lot of them are more towards, maybe a bit too far towards Sibley than Root, but Root yeah. currently is just bizarrely amazing. I think, so. I think the entirety of the 
the game <laughs> of Test Match Cricket is more towards Sibley than Root. Well, yeah. It's um so yeah. Um Yeah, so right, so you think a win do I think a win? No, I don't. I'd love to say I did, but I don't. I think India are very, very good, as much as I hate to say it, because I can't stand Virat Kohli. But I'm going to put it out there. Spin-friendly track. Joe Root, on the site of his highest ever score, which I witnessed live. <laughs> oh my just God, this is just, you know, <laughs> just to get that in there this week. All the time, man. <laughs> oh, I'm going to make it a running theme. Um, yeah, I think he'll go massive. I, I, I think Joe Root's going to have an absolute huge innings to sort of cap off his incredible summer. So, I'm going to say, if it's spin-friendly, that Joe Root could have it. But England are also going to then play Jack Leach, who I think is not that great. As much as I've just said nobody is out of their depth. Because I don't think he's absolutely out of his depth. But I I have said before, I would play Joe Root as my number one genuine spinner ahead of Jack Leach. Because I just don't think that Jack Leach looks like he is going to rip teams apart with the ball. There's two parts to that, though. There is that... For me, I agree with Jack Leach that he's all right, but he's nothing more than all right. The fact that he's more well-known for innings of one not out um, than any bowling performances speaks quite a lot. Now, obviously, that one not out was accompanied by one of the most iconic innings over the last however long. But um, the issue with me with Jack Leach, is that to be a good test match spinner, you either have to offer control or you have to be a wicket-taking threat. Yeah. And Jack Leach isn't awful at either of them, but he's also not good enough at either of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think England have seen in the past, so you had Graham Swan, who, don't get me wrong, I mean, Graham Swan was an absolute quality bowler, but he bowled, and because of how good he was, he kind of offered both. But I still feel that Graham Swan was a guy who attacked he was looking to take wickets. Yeah. And then in sort of in more recent memory, you have a guy like Ashley Giles who isn't looking to do that. He in reality was... In more recent memory than Graham Swan. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about like in time I can remember in cricket. Um, I mean, England's spin options haven't always been the best. So I'm going back to Giles here. And he was the defensive option because he had a battery of seam bowlers who were doing the attacking. He yeah. didn't need to do that. And yeah, I've said this before about Leach, I just don't I don't get what he's offering. I think that this is one of the problems that sides that aren't settled have, is that people don't know what their roles is, and I don't know if a captain would know what to do with Jack Leach. I mean... Joe Root's the captain. He doesn't seem to know a lot of the well, time what to do. I think it's a discussion for another day. Um, we are at 55 minutes on this oh, episode. Oh, well, so there we go. Our, our captaincy talk is not happening. Right? Indeed. Um, so maybe it's a discussion we have next week about the pros and cons of both Joe Root and Virat Kohli's captaincies. We'll be sort of recapping. So, sorry. Yeah. You said cons and what? And And what? <laughs> you just don't see any positives at all. 
Bart's well. (laughs) (laughs) Which one? (laughs) That applies to both of them. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, well, maybe there's a teaser into Callum's view on that that conversation. Um, But I think, yeah, something we'll come back to next week. But Joe Root... What a man man still. Still what a man. Chronically underuses himself as a bowler. Absolutely. Don't need a second spinner. You've got Joe Root. That's my thoughts on that. Yeah. But I think I think Leach will be in consideration. They wouldn't have picked him if he wasn't going to be in consideration. So I think if you want a proper wicket taking attacking spinner, Adil Rashid should be there. Absolutely all day long. England can't pull out the tail. They had when they picked Adil Rashid and brought him back, it was for that purpose. Yeah. Because they didn't need him the rest of the time. Because the Seamers did it. The Seamers are still capable of doing the rest of the order. What they're not capable of doing is actually finishing off the tail. And the two people, the two kinds of bowling that seem to be very good at doing that are leg spin and extremely fast bowling at the stumps, not at your head. Yeah. Because tail enders nowadays are good enough to deal with that. So, well, um, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, within reason. Nose and toes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Not just don't, yeah. not just body line. You know, everything at the chest and. But I think they're better. It's not. 30, 40 years ago where they actually were incapable of even ducking the ball. Yeah. Like, you know, they now are going, oh, you're not going to get me out doing this. Cheers, pal. Yeah, um, six runs. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's what it is. But we will see. Maybe I will not be, I'll be cheering. Well, well we, yeah, we'll know by this time. I presume well, it's, we? yeah, it's a Friday start, yeah? Yeah. It's a Friday to Tuesday. Ah. Excellent. We will know. Might be a very sombre mood. And we will know the Scotland result as well. It could be a oh, it could be a tough lesson next week. <laughs> oh, it could be a lot of ranting going on. Yeah. It might be a double episode next week. <laughs> anyway, um thank you very much for listening, uh, if you still are. What's the socials, Andrew? Uh get oh, us on social. get us on Twitter at DibDobPod. DibDobPod. Um, I am quite active on there now. I've actually got it all up and running. Um, excellent. Speaking to people and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, please reach out. Tell us if you think we're talking rubbish. Um, <laughs> there must be people out there that think we're talking yeah, rubbish. I would uh, like to meet them head on. <laughs> please uh, like, share, review, tell your friends, um, and yeah, have a good week. We'll speak to you next week. Cheers, everyone.